Well, that was the opening music to From Russia With Love, the second James Bond movie, and the second movie in our James Bond festival. We're also going to be reviewing His Majesty's Secret Service and Moonraker. You're listening to Classic Movie Reviews, and you can find us on the internet at classicmoviereviews.net. And on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash classicmoviereviews, where you can find bonus content. We just recorded a bonus episode on uh, the duel between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars, and that's going to be over there. And I'm Matt Johnson, coming to you from rainy, gloomy North Bend today. And this is Bob Johnson in Los Angeles, where we're having cloudy weather and a slight possibility of some rain. Welcoming everyone back to Classic Movie Reviews and From Russia With Love from 1963. I think of all the James Bond films, this this is one I enjoy even more than the others because of the straight-ahead espionage uh, battle and the the complicated plot. Uh, Without all the uh, opening uh, special effects and... and, uh, and other items that take place with the uh, so many of the Bond movies. It's just pretty much a spy movie. Yeah, I, I heard somebody call it. It's a it's a pure MacGuffin movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alfred Hitchcock would love that. Yeah. the MacGuffin. Yeah, the Lecter That's machine. True. It's all about trying to get the Lecter machine, and everything revolves around that. And we can't forget that Lada Lenya. Is that did I say her name right? I think so. As Tatiana Romanov? Yes. yes. She, her claim to fame is that she's part of the lyrics for a Bobby Darren film, or movie, a musical, Mac the Knife. Oh, really? She, yeah, she's, she's, in, she's mentioned in, that, uh, in the lyrics for that song. Like her, that her real name? Or her, her, yes, her real, her real name. Lana Lenya. Well, I, I, also, was, I also read that the producers, Harry Saltzman and Albert... Uh, Broccoli went to the Miss, I think it was the Miss Universe contest and hired and signed on like the, the four most beautiful women that they thought were there. And she was one of oh them. Oh my. Lada Lenya? I think so, yeah. And then the two women that were at the um, gypsy camp were also in that contest. Well, I, I think those are right. But, I, but Lada Lenya was the evil uh, specter, head of specter. Oh, so who... So you're thinking of you're thinking of Daniela Bianchi. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I got those confused. If if, if Lara Lenya was at the Miss <laughs> Universe contest, that would be that's she's the one that was in the Bobby Duran song Mac Knife. Gotcha. Okay, sorry. That would have the been lady confusing. with the, <laughs> the lady with the poison knife in her shoe. Yeah, she was scary. Yeah, I don't think she was gonna be at the, the Miss Universe contest. <laughs> Maybe she was one of the judges. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, well, uh, how how can people find us if they wanted to listen to our podcast? I already did that. We're, oh, you did? We are not with it today. <laughs> you, you'll be editing this, right? <laughs> yes. My name is. I'm gonna, Bob. I'm going to make it sound like we really got our stuff together today. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Instead of a little drunk, <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have had that Kahlua before. Oh boy, it's a little early right, so, for a martini, but you know what the heck? It's in honor of uh, <laughs> James Bond. From Russia with Love, the second in the James Bond franchise, and the second movie done by Terrence Young. He also did the uh, fourth movie, 
Thunderball in 1965. Did he so do he, Goldfinger too? No, he, he did not do Goldfinger. Oh, okay. No, uh, I don't have that list in front of me, but that was some other director. I think John Glenn did five films. Not the astronaut. Not the John Glenn astronaut, but the John Glenn director. Oh, it says that Young was deluged with offers and elected not to direct Goldfinger. Instead, he made The Amorous Adventures of Maul Flanders. And then he was called oh, back yeah. for, for Thunderball, the fourth Bond movie. They really liked his... Uh, he, he got it done on time and within budget. So this film, I remember going to see it again when it first came out, which was in, I think, October of 1963. And uh, I liked it even more than Dr. No. Because it's just it's got a it's got a terrific actor as the bad guy Robert Shaw. Oh my gosh, I did not recognize him. I kept thinking, who is that? And I kept thinking of Rudger Hauer. He he looked like Rudger Hauer with his blonde hair. And wasn't that uh, fight between Sean Connery and and uh, Robert Shaw great on the on the train in that closed compartment? Yeah, I read that that was pretty shocking at the time. It was, it was. It took weeks to put that together in film because uh, it, it's the complete hand-to-hand -hand combat between the two of them ending up in Red's death. It's crazy. And, it, and, and it's one of the first times I saw something like that and I could not tell when the stunt doubles were being used and when the real actors were involved which in those days had to be really tricky to do because you didn't have a lot of special effects technology to work from. But that's one of my memorable takeaways from this film, that, that, that struggle. Pure evil versus pure good. Yeah, that guy was evil. He was. I, I like the oh. opening of the movie where they've got the... Uh, he's stalking what looks like James <laughs> Bond, and they're yes. taking shots at each other, and then, and then he ends up killing this character that looks like bond but it turns out that it's just somebody with a mask on that looks like uh, bond and i was thinking well that's not really a good comparison because yeah this guy might look like bond but it's not james bond you know it's not the real james bond yeah but you know think about the poor devils that were put up to be these uh, characters for live action death yeah no thanks i don't know where they picked them but i, I would not want to sign up for that duty no matter what. It reinforces how evil Spectre is. Oh. There, there, was, <laughs> there was a scene, I think a little bit later, when the character played by Lot Lenya arrives at the compound where Red is being trained. They kind of walk through the area where they're doing the training, and they, and they say, I hope our work here meets with your approval. Training is useful, but there is no substitute for experience. I agree. We use live targets as well. And you see this guy yes. running behind the wall and they're shooting at him like, this seems like it would really cut down on your recruitment base. You know, you're killing off all the people that <laughs> are coming to work for you. I would think it would be a real, real challenge for onboarding. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to have one heck of a, of a retirement package for the survivor's family. <laughs> but she was... Rosa Klebb, that's her name, Klebb. Rosa Klebb, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this movie uh, enjoyment for me is her character and also the character of, uh, of uh, Pedro Armanderas, the Turkish local uh, MI6 guy. Ali Karem Bey, yeah. But the, that character was great. And then, but then 
I read about his life and like how he oh, ended tragic. up getting cancer from another movie that they were on in the in the early sixties or late fifties, I forget, and then ninety out of the two hundred and forty people that were on that movie set died from cancer because they were working too close to these radioactive fields where they had been doing uh, a bomb tests. Crazy. Yeah, that, that, that's a tragic story. The name of the movie was The Conqueror. Has there ever been yeah, a I movie think... about that? They, somebody should make a movie or a documentary or a TV show about that. That whole thing is just crazy. Oh, I know. And he ended up he ended up killing himself in the hospital because it was terminal. And... Yes. He he somehow snuck a gun into the hospital. He shot himself in the chest. Yeah. Wow. And, and he, he was, was 51. 51 years old. I know. I was just thinking I, oh, he was yeah. like my age. Terrible. Um, and a lot of the scenes in the movie, he's he's limping. And then near the end when he got shot at the gypsy camp, um, he he needed to be held up in that scene where they're, uh, where he puts the rifle on Bond's shoulder to, to help him. Yes. In. There was somebody yes. behind him holding him up because he was too weak to stand at that point. Twice that Krilenko has tried to kill me. The third time he will succeed. Unless I get him first. And that I'll do tonight. No, Bogadam, you won't. You'd better leave it to me. I'm already too much in your debt. How can a friend be in debt? Yeah. Infrared lens. sons. They will ring his doorbell. He has a private escape hatch. Try this for size. Do you notice anything? Not yet. She has a lovely mouth, that Anita. Yes, I see what you mean. Harm or no harm, I have to pull that trigger. You think you can? You've got one shot, remember? It'll have to do. He had a wonderful career, short as it was, 
Um, he was hugely popular in Mexico, where he did a lot of films. And then coming to the U.S., uh, he did a, a whole bunch. One of my favorites that he was in is called Three Godfathers from 1948 with John Wayne and Harry Carey Jr. And they, the three of them are bandits on the run, and they somehow uh, end up taking care of a small child whose mother dies in a, an attack from Native Americans on a wagon train. Mm. It's really well done. It was all filmed up in the uh, Lone Pine wow. uh, Death Valley area. He was a very good actor. He was he was in a movie called Captain Sinbad in 1963, and I, I, I liked him in that movie. There's some great stop motion effects in that one. Wow. So but his performance I enjoyed because I knew the backstory on him and a lot of Lenya. And then the, the woman that's sort of the main character the uh daniela bianche she didn't make very many movies and she didn't have an unusual name like they went to her later in films yeah or the or the one from dr no honey Ryder. she was just plain tatiana romanoff yeah that's just a pretty straightforward name she was a cipher clerk for schmerz schmerz I can't say it. <laughs> that was Schmerz. a real agency, though. That that that's not made. That's not a made-up name. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Wow. But she got recruited, unbeknownst to her, to work for Spectre uh, because Cleb was uh, supposed to be a Schmerz. <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face. Um, I got to look up what Schmerz was. Go ahead. I, I don't want to hold. It was up. a Soviet counterintelligence agency. Um, but anyway, I love I love the uh, the acronym. Yeah, but anyway, Club was actually working for Spectre, and she recruited uh, Romanov to basically kind of seduce Bond and get him to Istanbul. Capital of State Security, Tatiana Romanova. Come in. You know who I am? Colonel Kleb, head of operations for, for Smersh. I saw you once in Moscow when I worked for the English decoding crew. Did you tell anyone at the consulate you were coming here? No, the message said Yes, I yes, I know. I sent it. Your work record is excellent. The state is proud of you. Thank you, comrade Colonel. Take off your jacket. Turn around. Hmm. You're a fine-looking girl. Sit down. I see you trained for the ballet. But I grew an inch over the regulation height, and so? And then you have had the three lovers. What is the purpose of such an intimate question? You are not here to ask questions. You forget to whom you're speaking. I was in love. And if you were not in love? I suppose it would depend on the man. Sensible answer. This man, for instance. I cannot tell. Perhaps if he was kind and kulturni. Corporal, I have selected you for a most important assignment. Its purpose is to give false information to the enemy. If you complete it successfully, you will be promoted. From now on, you will do anything he says. And if I refuse? 
then you will not leave this room alive. I will obey your orders. Good. Now, these are your instructions. You report to me here. Yes. But the consulate security man must not know that I'm in Istanbul. This is classified far above his level. I will say nothing to if anyone. If you do, you will be shot. Come, come, my dear. You are very fortunate to have been chosen for such a simple, delightful duty. A real labor of love as we say. The plan was for Bond to steal the uh, cryptography machine, and then as they were getting it out of the country, they uh, Spectre would, she would take it from Bond, because she, and then she would return it to Spectre, and Spectre was going to sell it back to the Russians for a lot of money. And also, it was also a revenge against Bond for what he did to Dr. No in uh, Jamaica. So it was ah, yes. quite a complicated plot that they had put together, I feel like. Yeah, convoluted. But it gets pretty well straightened out in the uh, rail car uh, fight right before it takes place. Yeah. I think it's kind of explained. Well, and, and, then, they ha and then Red kind of has that moment of uh, expo exposition that is always in these Bond movies where he tells everything that had happened and what their plan was to Bond. <laughs> Schmirsch was an umbrella organization for three independent counterintelligence agencies in the Red Army, formed in late 1942 or even earlier, but officially announced only in 1943. The name Schmirsch was coined by Joseph Stalin. Yikes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because um, Ian Fleming didn't want uh, Russia to be the like direct enemy in the book because he felt like the Cold War was going to be coming to an end soon. And so he didn't want his book to like be out of date. So he created Spectre as sort of like oh. uh, intermediate agency there that was both working sort of with, but also against the Soviets and then obviously against uh, MI6 and the, uh, the Americans CIA. There, there is there is a lot going on in the story. I also like the fact that so much of it was filmed in and around Istanbul. Oh yeah, the location filming was so cool. Yeah, it gives it a sense of, especially when they go down under that building in the in the water and that little canoe, and all the rats are oh my swimming gosh, around. That was fascinating. I was thinking <laughs> that they built like this whole city. It was like the underground tour in Seattle, but like ten times bigger. You know. <laughs> I think it was real. Oh, I think so too. And that he had had that, and that that he had had that uh, submarine periscope installed in the Soviet yes. consulate, so yeah. he could spy on them. <laughs> My daily exercise at eleven in the morning and three in the afternoon. Fire up, will you? Mind your head now. underneath the Russian consulate. A present from your Navy. <coughs> Our friends were turned out while the Public Works Ministry conducted a survey. But the story was that the heavy traffic was shaking the foundations. By the time the place was declared safe, I had this installed. 
I can see everything M said about you is right. Oh, why I stay in this mad business? Though it could be that you find selling rugs a bore. My friend, you should be a mind reader. Head of the table is General Vasily, Director of Military Intelligence. On his left, Kozlovsky, Chief of Security. Opposite him, Benz, one of his agents. I can't see the face of the other man, the one the general is shouting at. He's giving him a hell of a blowing up for something. It's too bad we can't hear as well as see. Tell me, does our girl Romanova ever come to this room? Sometimes, with messages. I can see the face of the other man now. Krilenko. So he's back. Another Bulgarian they use as a killer. Just the man for the limpid mind job. I've had trouble with him before. But he stayed out of Istanbul for over a year now. Take a look. You should remember him. This man kills for pleasure. Nice face. Just a moment. A girl's just come in. Probably Romanova. She's the only one who's allowed to. How does she look to you? Well, from this angle, things are shaping up nicely. I'd like to see her in the flesh. Yes. Could you get me a plan of that place? I wish I could. But there must be the original architect's drawing registered somewhere. I'll get on to that. Yeah, I like this character. And he had a lot of girlfriends. That's Ali Karim Bey that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. He had like, I don't Is know this... how many kids. He had like a dozen kids. <laughs> the, more My than sons. that. My sons. Remember, remember when they're waiting in the dark to do that assassination? And the two police officers come by. Even those two yeah, police officers. Like, those are my sons. <laughs> he's like, wow. <laughs> how does this guy ever find time to work? I, and I like how Bond is so smooth. He never misses a beat. The first time he meets Ali uh, Bay, he's offered coffee, and he orders it just perfectly. And and then Ali oh, yes, Bay yes. orders the same thing. So it's like he knew exactly how to order coffee in Istanbul. Ah, my friend, come in, come in. Glad to see you. Welcome to Istanbul. Well, thank you for sending the car, but uh, it does rather tie you in with me. You're in the Balkans now, Mr. Bond. The game with the Russians is played a little differently here. In the day-to-day -day routine matters, we don't make it too difficult to keep a tab on each other. So I gathered from your chauffeur. He's a rather intelligent young man, by the way. He should be. He's my son. Coffee? Medium sweet. Two medium sweet. He also is my son. All of my key employees are my sons. Blood is the best security in this business. You must have quite an establishment here. Biggest family payroll in Turkey. Not bad for a man who started life breaking chains and bending bars with his teeth in a circus. But let's talk about this business of yours. Well, M thinks I'm wasting my time here. And so do I. This is an old friend of mine. And it tells me something smells. Maybe. But if there's a chance of getting a lector, now you tell me, where can I contact this girl? She said she would make her own arrangements. You'll just have to wait. Ah. Thank you. My friend, if you really want my advice, you should spend a few pleasant days with us here in Istanbul, and then 
then go home. He could go to outer Mongolia and find the perfect meal. (laughs) Always in a really good suit. (laughs) Oh, I did read that this was the one Bond movie that he doesn't wear a tuxedo in. (laughs) Oh, that's right, he doesn't. Now, the one thing that was interesting was when they went away to that gypsy camp to get away from the assassins and all the uproar that was going on. That was sort of like... That was a head scratcher for me. Like I, I just yeah, thought that they like, could have cut that whole thing out, and the story would have been tighter and faster. I, I, I don't really understand why that was there, other than it was kind of gratuitous an opportunity to have a belly dancer on screen, and then this fight between these two women. Yeah, exactly. It, it and it's probably what fifteen minutes of the film. Yeah, there the the pretense is that they need to go hide out there because the Russians are yeah. gonna are trying to kill uh, Bond, and also I think. Ali Karembe, and so they're going to go to this gypsy camp. But then the then the Russians show up with like a f- complete like set of like they have almost uh, they have an army truck and machine gun. <laughs> like they raid this That's camp really... and they blow it up and they burn everything down. It's terrible. It's uh, well, what was interesting to me is <clears throat> that that whole section of the film, but also the fact that Spectre was really behind all this. Yeah. They were bumping off the English, they were bumping off the Turks, they were bumping well, and, off the and Russians. And Red even saves Bond at one point. And he'd been, he's like protecting Bond at this point to make sure that Bond can steal the Lecter machine. And so he sets it up so that the Russians think that MI6 and the Turkish guys are against each other. And then they have this big battle yeah. and then he still ends up <laughs> having to fight as part of that to keep Bond from being killed. Coming back to Bond is always on top of the situation. When he and uh, the Robert Shaw character, Donald Grant, the cunning assassin, are having dinner on the train with uh, Katiana, they, they, uh, Bond knows something's up with this guy because, because of two things. And the camera focuses on his fingernails, Red's fingernails. They're not, they're not cleanly manicured. Yeah. They're kind of rough. And then later, Bond says, I should have known that I shouldn't trust you when you ordered red wine with fish. Bonjour, monsieur. Thank you. Thank you. I have the grilled sole. And for madam. What about you, Nash? Yes, it sounds very nice. Make that three of those, will you? Oui, monsieur. I'll have a bottle of the Blanc de Blanc. Oui, monsieur. Make mine, Chianti. White Chianti, monsieur. Uh, no, the red kind. Well, enjoy your dinner, old man. I think I've got the answer to our problems. Very simple, really. Good. I mean, Bond was always attuned to that. There's other tells, too, because um, he he alternates between, like, a more formal calling him sir and then calling him old man. And he says old man way yeah. too many times. You know, it's like it's obviously an affectation. And then there was a part where he... Um, Instead of saying cheerio, he said cheery, cheer oh, he said cheero or something like that, and it wasn't and 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 Bond was like, no, that's not right. So he definitely knew something was up. He knew, yeah, and yet they had to have that fight. That that you said that took weeks to stage. Yeah, and film it was intense. Like oh, it was man. it was the first time that a fight like that had been filmed and um, included in a movie. Robert Shaw was another tragic figure. He died at the age of 51. 
he was driving back to, he lived in uh, Ireland. He and his wife and one of his children were driving back from another town and he felt sick, stopped, pulled the car off the roads, got out, passed out, and he died right there on the roadside. Jeez. I think we talked about him when we did Jaws because um, he was great in that movie. Oh, he, he, that's what makes it such an interesting film that he became such a big star on his own right with Jaws and he did Black Sunday, which is a really excellent movie with Bruce Dern as a crazy war veteran going to blow up the crowd at the Super Bowl. That's right. That's a good movie. We'll have to do another Robert Shaw film. Definitely. He made a lot of films. Um, this movie also has a returning character from Dr. No. It's kind of like uh, Bond's girlfriend. And it's the last time that she's in the films because they decided that Bond wouldn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> but <laughs> they're, they're, when we first meet Bond in this movie, he's like lounging in this boat along this little river. And, it, and, and he's with yeah. her. And uh, then there's another funny scene a little bit later when Bond gets Tatiana to talk about the plan and to talk about the lector machine and how the lector machine works and what it looks like and what the insides of it are like. And, and, and he's recording her. They're on that ferry boat. And then, yep. and then they cut to a scene where they're back at the MI6 headquarters and they're listening to this tape and there's like these like six or seven guys and then also... And then Miss Moneypenny's in there and then the tape gets to a part where Bond is saying, well... 24 symbols, 16 code keys. It is inserted in a slot and the message comes out in a paper roll from another slot on the other side. The mechanism is... Oh, James, James. Will you make love to me all the time in England? Day and night. Go on about the mechanism. Oh, yes, the mechanism. Once, when it was being repaired, I saw the insides. There were many perforated discs made, I think, of copper with a small light... Dushka, tell me the truth. Am I as exciting as all those Western girls? Oh, once when I was with Anne in Tokyo, we had an interesting experience. Thank you, Miss Moneypenny. That's all, that's all. Later, later. Those copper discs and the light. Oh, light, light. James, come closer. I want to whisper something. Go on with what you're telling me. No, not that, the mechanism. Miss Moneypenny, as you're no doubt listening, perhaps you take this cable. Text reads, merchandise appears genuine. Stop. Go ahead with deal. Signed, M. Now, all I have to do is to tell the girl the date. The 13th? The 14th. <laughs> yes. That's great. I mean, there's just little touches like that that are great. And then... Oh, there's a, there's hundreds of them, it seems like. Like, one of the bad guys, that chess master, he was Kronstein, Spectre number 5. Yeah. He makes he makes a couple of errors, and what happens to him? He gets Klepp's, he gets Klepp's uh, knife treatment and gets poisoned and dies right there. <laughs> yeah, right? Three men were found dead on the train at Trieste. One of them was Grant. What have you to say in number 5? It was Cleb's choice. Her people failed. It was your plan. They followed it implicitly. Impossible. It was perfect. Except for one thing. They were dealing with Bond. Who is Bond? Compared with Kronstein. Exactly. What have you to say to that, number three? 
bond is still alive and the lector is not yet in our possession. I have already negotiated with the Russians to return it to them. We've agreed a price. Inspector always delivers what it promises. Our whole organization depends on our keeping those promises. I warned you. We do not tolerate failure number three. You know the penalty. Yes. Number one. Our rules are very simple. If you fail... seconds. One day we must invent a faster working venom. Number three. Yes. I do not wish to have to tell the Russians that there will be another delay. There will be no delay, number one. There's still time. And, oh, and I love the fact that they kept number one, the head of Spectre, a secret. You couldn't tell who it oh, was. Oh, totally, yeah. No, I mean, that, <clears> that's awesome. He was petting the cat and, yep. and uh, had that big, gigantic, scary ring that they kept showing. At the time, it would have played off differently than it did for me now because I kept thinking of uh, Austin Powers and the cat, the hairless cat, and then I, <laughs> yeah, and then right. Inspector Gadget, that TV series, the cartoon TV series, the bad guy had a yes. had a cat, and you know it just became almost like a meme, you know, the bad guy petting the cat. But this was this was fresh for 1963. It hadn't. Oh no, it was they'd great. Not really portrayed a, a bad person, an evil person. Quite like that, and they, and they never showed and his I face. So wanted, yeah, I wanted to know who is this guy. They should have. They should have always. They should have never showed his face. I think they sh- they ended up showing who it was later in one of the other movies. I don't know if that was Goldfinger or later on, but it's a wonderful film, uh, enjoyable, and uh, it certainly cemented the the, the James Bond series because having gone to that one, I'm like, oh boy, when is? The-? And then at the end, they give a teaser for he'll be back, right? That's the end, but not quite. He'll be back in Goldfinger. Yeah, that was great. That's a funny, funny way to end it. But this, I know that this one is more of a straightforward sort of spy movie, and it's and it doesn't really have a lot of the crazy gadgets and special effects that some of the later movies have. <clears throat> but it does, it does evolve from Doctor No to this one to Goldfinger. That formula of like the template of a of a Bond movie. Where, yes, because you know, even like when Q goes through the all the gadgets and stuff that are in that attaché case. Miss Moneypenny, ask the equipment officer to come in, please. Q branch has put together a smart-looking piece of luggage for us. We're issuing this to all double O personnel. An ordinary black leather case with twenty rounds of ammunition here and here. Now, if you take the top off, you'll find the ammunition inside. On the side here, flat throwing knife. Press that button there, now she comes. Inside the case, you'll find an AR-7 folding sniper's rifle, .25 caliber, with an infrared telescopic sight. Then, if you pull out these straps, inside are 50 gold sovereigns. 25 in either side. Now watch very carefully. An ordinary tin of talcum powder. Inside a tear gas cartridge. That goes in the case against the side here like that. It's magnetized so it won't fall. Shut the case. 
Now, normally, to open a case like that, you move the catches to the side. If you do, the cartridge will explode in your face. Now, to stop the cartridge exploding, turn the catches horizontally, like that. Then, open normally. Now, you try it. Hmm. Turn the catches like that. That's right. And open ordinarily. You got it? Yes, I think so. Is that all, sir? Yes, thanks very much. Right. John? That's yeah, a nasty little Christmas present. But I shouldn't think I need it on this assignment, sir. All the same, take it with you. Good luck, 007. Thank you, sir. What, what I love about that is it, it sets up your expectations for like, okay, well, when is he going to use the knife? Okay, when is he going to use the gas, the tear yes. gas, you know? And so when you get to that fight scene on the train and they've got the attache case there, you're like, oh, okay, this is where he gets to use the tear gas, yeah. you know? That's a really great way to cycle it back through. Yeah. Great foreshadowing. That's about, that's about the only gadgetry in the film. Well, other than the periscope <laughs> where they're checking on the Soviet embassy or whatever. Yeah. Now the one the one thing I uh, I wanted to mention too is when there's that boat chase near the end of the film and Bond is with uh, uh, Katiana and they're out on the on the water and they take those gas cans and roll them off the ship and then the explosions take place. Mm -hmm. The explosions must have included and and been based on about four times as many gas cans as they got off the boat because it was a huge explosion across the straight line. Not once, but three times. Yeah, it, it was. You really had to suspend your disbelief in that part because yeah. I think that gas would have been so diluted by the water that I don't. I don't even know if it would have lit up, lit up um, at all. Uh, but boy, yeah, so it was, was enough to burn down all the uh, all the boats that were chasing him. And then the other thing in that same scene, where did he come up with that little sailor's hat? <laughs> you know, I I think I've watched this movie too many times. Because it was he battles just part of the guys. boat, you know. It's part of the the kit for the boat, you know. You just open up. Well, the... no, he had it on. He had it on when he off that group with the old truck. Oh. He comes around the corner. He had it on then. So I'm I like, don't know. interesting. So now I know I can't watch that anymore because I'm picking at it like some guy that's seen the movie 22 times, which is probably true. I read another thing that was a head scratcher. So kind of right before that scene with the boats at the end, there, we get the scene with the helicopter, and yeah, and the helicopter is like chasing Bond down, and and then they're gonna drop a grenade on Bond, but then Bond shoots him with that foldable gun that he's got, and blows up the helicopter. Well, apparently the pilot for that helicopter wasn't very experienced, and almost actually ran into Sean Connery at one point. Oh, no. And I was thinking to myself, okay, so you're going to hire a not very experienced helicopter pilot for your movie and you're going to put your star in danger? Like, who, who's making these decisions? Wow. Oh, man. Maybe he was a last-minute substitution. I don't know. But th there, there were a few scenes there where it looked like, holy smokes, that looked like it almost actually hit uh, Sean Connery. It did. Yeah, that adds to the tension, but if you're Sean Connery, you're like, wait a minute. Okay, since we're talking about head scratchers here, why didn't the guy that was supposed to meet Red, the uh, Spectre agent that got killed on the train, put up any fight? He, he, like, Bond, like, knocked him out and then tied him up and put him in the passenger seat of the truck, and then he just sort of, like, went along for the ride. Like, he didn't try yeah. to escape. He didn't try to attack Bond. 
I think maybe he thought, I just want to get out of this thing alive. Like, I, I, I was only here to try to pick up this guy, but I'm not invested in, like, trying to stop Bond. That's true. He was very passive. Yeah, and then he got shoved off the boat, and, and Bond says... You swim? Yeah, take the wheel. This way, please. Oh, mind a step. Just isn't your day, is it? It's your Where are we going? Venice. You look at that locker, will you? Charts, pistol, some flares. Now give me those charts. It's not your day, is it? <laughs> There's some at great, least little, he untied, great little great little At quips. least he untied his hands before he pushed him off <laughs> true, the boat. True, true. <clears throat> well, I tell you, I, even with all those little pieces, when I was there for the first showing of it in October of 1963, none of it made any difference. It was just so much fun in a packed theater waiting for round two in, in the Bond series. Oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed I loved it. it. And, it reminded me of Day of the Jackal and, and with all the location shooting and then just kind of how they did the slow build on all these characters. And they really spent their time with the characters, and I like that. And, I, yeah, like you said, I love the location shooting. And uh, it was a huge success. These are $1963. The budget for the film was $2 million, and the box office was $79 million in 1963. Jeez. They were like, they probably fainted when they saw those Yeah, I mean, results. that's just a crazy return. They immediately greenlit um, Goldfinger. <laughs> yeah. And six more. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I give this a 10, as I did with Dr. No. Uh, yeah, it's, it, this is my favorite of the, of the Bond films. I love them all, but I love this one even more because it's so straight ahead. Yeah, it was different. I'd never seen this one before. I don't, I've there's some bond movies that i haven't seen and this is one of them and it was different than i expected it was much more of a uh drama spy movie and less of a sort of crazy gadget you mm-hmm. know to blow up the world kind of movie i mean it was it was so simple that, i mean they were just trying to steal this decoder machine which seems like a real thing that would have happened you know like with the enigma machine and things like that um so yeah i would kind of going between a 9 and a 10 but i think it's definitely so enjoyable. I'd watch it many more times. I would give it a 10 as well. Our next one is uh, is the one uh, Honor Majesty Secret Service. 1969. I've only seen it, I think, twice. Cause it's, not, it's not as well-known or shown as often as some of these other Bond films. I've never seen it. and But I, but I was looking at who's in it, and... Uh, Diana Rigg is in it. I, I thought I think she's awesome. I can't wait to see her in a Bond movie. Isn't Telly Savalas in it also? I think he's in it as uh, the evil doer. George Lazenby is Bond. Diana Rigg, Telly Savalas, Bernard Lee. Telly Savalas is in it. Yes, yeah. Kojak. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have some homework to do. We have to come up with the films after our Bond. Oh, and I want to thank Arthur. Skolko for uh, recommending we do these four Bond films. Yeah, have to do that it's in the fun. Opening. Super fun. Thank you, Arthur. Yep, thanks, Arthur. That was uh, From Russia with Love. 
which um, I love how Bond wrote that on the little uh, photograph of Tatiana <laughs> and gave it another to another touch. <laughs> gave it to Miss Moneypenny. Uh, and coming another to you touch. and coming to you from North Bend. This is Matt. And here in Los Angeles is Bob wishing everybody happy movie watching. Horrible woman. Yes. She's had her kicks. From Russia with love I fly Here you are, in case you ever need it again. Oh, yes. All government property has to be accounted for. But as I said before, we won't always be working on the company's time, will we? No. James, behave yourself. We are being filmed. Oh, not again. He was right, you know. What is it? I'll show you. Faces and smile for a moment. But oh, you haunted me so. Still my tongue tied, young pride would not let my love for you show. In case you'd say no. To Russia I flew, but there and then I suddenly knew Yeah.